This podcast contains many, 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 many movie spoilers. Consider this your warning. Okay, you have now been warned. Enjoy. Welcome to No Texting During the Movie, the podcast where I started a podcast so my wife would watch movies with me. Each week we take turns choosing a film to watch, analyze, and review. If you are listening to this, I'm sorry you have not found a better podcast. Tori, what movie did we watch this week? The Truman Show. The Truman Show. Uh, Great movie. Uh, I think it's Jim Carrey's first serious movie. Um, so like after Ace Ventura and, uh, Dumb and Dumber, um, he did a serious movie. So that's cool. Um, before we get into the Truman show, I just have to get some things off of my chest. Is that okay? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So, um, after, you know, editing these shows and, and listening to myself and listening to the things I say, you start to find mistakes. Is that fair to say? Yeah. So I have a few, um, things that, um, I've actually prepared a statement. And it's with a heavy heart that I just want to, I just got to get this off my chest. Uh, This isn't easy for me to do, but I feel like in my spirit, this is what needs to be done. So here I go. To Sir Anthony Hopkins and Anthony Perkins. In season one, episode five, I mistakenly referred to Sir Anthony Hopkins as Anthony Perkins when reviewing Silence of the Lambs. I want to say that I'm sorry if my words offended either of you. It was simply a lapse in judgment. Only a fool would mistake you for one another, and for that I am deeply sorry. To Kate Hudson, in season one, episode two, I said, and I quote, Kate Hudson is great, but she's not going to be out here winning any Oscars. Upon further research, I learned that you were nominated for an Oscar for Best Supporting Actress in the iconic classic Almost Famous. Technically, I was right. You have not won an Oscar. But for me to be so obtuse, so uneducated, so dismissive, I'm truly sorry. Kate, I know you're a big fan of the podcast, and what I said probably stung more than a little. I'm truly sorry, and I've taken this opportunity to reflect, look inward, and begin working on myself so that I can emerge like a phoenix from the ashes as a better man for a better tomorrow. I humbly ask for your forgiveness. And lastly... To the writers, producers, and actors of Hocus Pocus, what I said was harsh, unforgiving, and downright uncalled for. Upon further rumination, reflection, and thought, I've decided that movie still sucks. All right, let's move on. So The Truman Show. Uh, let me give a little rundown of the synopsis. He doesn't know it, but everything in Truman Burbank's life is a part of a massive TV set. Executive producer Kristoff orchestrates The Truman Show, a live broadcast of Truman's every move captured by hidden cameras. Kristoff tries to control Truman's mind, even removing his true love Sylvia from the show, replacing her with Meryl. As Truman gradually discovers the truth, however, he must decide whether to act on it. So, Tori, did you like this movie? Yeah, I really liked this movie. Um, It was definitely different, a different movie um, from Jim Carrey, but it was entertaining. It was funny. 
you, you didn't know what was going to happen next. Um, it was just great. I remember when I first saw this movie, it was like I had never seen Jim Carrey do anything serious before. So it was kind of weird at first, but um, you get used to it really fast. I, I like him in his serious roles. I always have. So what was the cringiest scene for you? I had a few. I would say the number one cringiest scene for me was when Truman's dad was drowning. I just knew that this fake world that he was living in, it wasn't a real thing happening, yet it was still super cringy, horrifying, and really sad. Um, the next cringy scene was when he was digging for, I think he was planting something, um, and he was wearing those little red shorts. <laughs> Um, and the shot was just straight from his butt. <laughs> That's really funny. I was just sitting there thinking to myself, they could have they could have picked a better like shot for this. <laughs> it was a weird angle for sure. It was <laughs> um, when he's in the garden in his backyard. Yeah, yeah. I would say my cringiest scene is when Truman starts realizing what's going on. And um, he's outside of his house, and he realizes there's this loop happening in his neighborhood. Lady? Flowers! And... Truman, this is silly. There it is! There it is! There's the dented beetle! Yes! And then he kind of goes postal and takes Meryl in his car and starts driving around and around and going crazy. And I was just thinking about it from her perspective of like, holy crap, this guy is having a mental breakdown and I might die in this situation. <laughs> so that was uh, pretty cringy for me. As far as my favorite scene, um, just before my favorite scene actually ties into that is, is when he's realizing the loop because it's this moment of revelation and it's this moment that he's, he's realizing that he's not crazy. There's actually some sort of conspiracy um, around his life that he's not quite clued into. Um, but as he, he starts realizing it, it's, it's, um, it's my favorite scene. And it's pretty funny because he does that thing in the car where he's like, <laughs> so that made me laugh. Um, what about you? What was your favorite scene? That was my favorite scene too. Um, when Truman was spontaneous and tried to leave, um, he drove around the roundabout a few times and, um, and from from his perspective, he just thought he was uncovering everything and figuring everything out and thinking he was going to leave. And um, and she was just so mad and scared. Um, but you could tell he was genuinely having a blast. Um, and so I really, I just loved it. I put myself, I was like, well, what would it be like if I was in the car? You know, what would it be like if I was there with them? Um, and I would have just been laughing, you know, so that was that was my favorite scene. Laughing to your potential death. Yes. <laughs> um, I had a couple other favorite scenes, too, that I forgot to mention. Um, I really love the producer scene because there's a scene halfway through the movie where it actually cuts to the control room. And you can see them manipulating everything with, you know, the weather and what is what each actor is saying. The, the producer, Kristoff, is feeding lines to his best friend about, you know, if if... If all of this is fake, then I would I would be lying to you and I would never lie to you, 
which he's he's literally lying to Truman right then and there, and the, and the producer is feeding those lines to him. Well, the point is, I'd gladly walk in front of traffic for you. point is, I would gladly step in front of traffic for you, Truman. And the last thing I'd ever do is lie to you. And the last thing that I would ever do is lie to you. And so I, I thought that reveal of showing kind of the engineer room halfway through the movie where you haven't seen it before, it all, um, you know, it all kind of comes together. And then you see the guy behind the synth. Um, who, who's playing the, the, the piano music and it's all, um, you know, it's, it's just such a production behind the scenes. So I like mm-hmm. that cause it was kind of a, kind of a reveal. And then I also just the ending of this movie when, when Truman is walking up the stairs and decides to leave this fake life that he's been a part of, you know, for 29 years or whatever, it's all he's known. It's such a freeing scene, and, and, and it gives me goosebumps every time because he's he's kind of like, you know, he's shedding his old skin and, and, and entering into something brand new. And it's just, you know, it's a beautiful scene. I'll mm-hmm. say it. It's beautiful. Um, what the heck? What was your what the heck scene? My what the heck scene, this was, this was a pretty clear one for me. Um, when Kristoff turned up the wind, um, so at the very end of the movie when um, – when Truman was trying to leave and he was on the boat and he was, you know, and all of a sudden Kristoff is like, turn up the wind and the storm. And it was really frustrating for me. It, it just felt really cruel and unnecessary. That was my what the heck moment. It was just like, this is not necessary. Let the man leave. You've you've tortured him enough of his whole life. Right. And he's kind of, uh, he's pushing him to the limits. You know, he's got the storm going. He might die on that boat. But Kristoff uh, clearly does not care. Yeah, it was just making me really angry inside. So that would be my what the heck moment. Um, what was your what the heck moment during this movie? I would say just the entire concept in general was mm-hmm. pretty messed up. <laughs> they say in the movie that Truman was adopted by the corporation that made this TV show. And he was the first person that's ever been adopted by a corporation. And so they, they basically stage his entire life from three months or whatever until he's 29 years old. And just the entire concept is pretty messed up. But then I started thinking about it. And then I was like, we all kind of are, you know, executive producers in our own little Truman shows. Mm-hmm. Um, this movie was made before social media. And I'm not going to be a goober and talk about all this social comedy commentary that you could take from this movie but um, I just think it's kind of interesting how now you know you look at that movie and you're like that's so messed up but now you you look at everybody's lives on social media and they're all kind of producing and projecting their own little life that they want to Mm -hmm. broadcast out to everybody and I just thought that was a really interesting thought and then also my my other what the heck moment was Meryl and and Truman are in the kitchen and Truman has he this is after he's already gone over the bridge and he's trying to get out of the town. But then there's the nuclear spill or whatever, which is totally faked. It's just a way to keep him from getting outside or not getting outside of uh, Sea Haven. And so he's basically having a breakdown in the kitchen. 
Um, and, and he's, he's so confused and he, he's talking to Meryl and then, uh, the, so if you watch the movie, there's, there's advertisement placement all throughout the movie, um, because the Truman show, everything's for sale. So they got to put these little ads strategically throughout the broadcast, right? Well, they're in the kitchen and she decides to start talking about a knife, um, that's a slicer and a dicer all in one or whatever. And that's when Truman snaps and like almost grabs the knife and is like threatening her because, um, because he's, he's realizing he's like, why are you talking about this? This is not important. And it just snaps that something's wrong. Right. And I just felt like that was really stupid to talk about the knife at a, at a sensitive time like that. They could have saved it for somewhere uh, you know, later on when he wasn't, you know, on edge like that. So uh, that was a real what the heck for me. And then, um, no, those are the only two what the hecks I had. The entire concept and the uh, ad placement I thought mm-hmm. was inappropriate. So as far as date, marry, and make disappear forever, I got three characters. I got the producer, Meryl, his wife, and Truman's best friend. It's a hard one. I'll have you go first. All right. I'm going to I'm gonna do process of elimination. So let's just go with make disappear forever. Um, definitely Kristoff. How can you trust someone that has done has done such a thing? You know, he he adopted a baby uh, for his show, for he, just selfish, cruel, unkind, crazy man. I mean, I would have to make him disappear forever. And his little, like, little hat that he wears it just drives me nuts what's that called like and a, his, his little john lennon glasses yeah yeah and his yeah. were his ears pierced i think they were i don't i can't remember his whole vibe was off though yeah, it was it was like a mix between like steve jobs and um like backstreet boys or something <laughs> sure he definitely had some like teen bop so i would make him disappear this is the tricky one um they both have lied to Truman, right, for a long time. Um, so I'm going to have to date the best friend. Um, he seems super nice, like a nice guy in the real world, um, on the show. Um, he seems like he's loyal, but in reality, he's actually super dishonest um, since he's been lying to his best friend since they were born, pretty much. It's his job. He, yeah, but at the same time, how can you live a life that's a whole lie. Like, you're lying to your friend. It's a job. So I would date him, but definitely not. I, I'm not in it for the long run with him. You okay. Know? Um, and I would marry Meryl. Um, I know she's dishonest as well. Um, you know, but at least she crossed her fingers. She knew, like, this is a job. I'm going to – she put hints out there um, <laughs> in her life. And uh, so, yeah, I would marry her. She seems – she seems nice. She's attractive. She She's, has a conscience. She does. She does. Mm-hmm. And she seems fun. She seems, yeah, yeah. Between, um, you know, ads for slicers and dicers and ads for lawnmowers, uh, she could have, you know. You know, you really ought to throw out that mower. Get one of those new elk rotaries. She could have fun, I guess. <laughs> she, she could make a great wife. Sure. <laughs> also, I definitely thought she was talking about hot chocolate, not slicers oh, and Oh, no, no, no. Yeah. Wasn't she? Yeah, I think I got the scenes mixed up. I think she was talking about hot chocolate then, but she was talking about a slicer and dicer at 
at some point. No, she was holding a knife and like chasing him. Yeah. Or or something. But before she was holding a hot cup of like a white hot cocoa mug. Or a can of hot cocoa. Why don't you let me fix you some of this new Mococo drink? All natural cocoa beans from the upper slopes of Mount Nicaragua. No artificial sweeteners. What the hell are you talking about? Who are you talking to? I've tasted other Cocos. This is the best. A can, yeah, that's yeah. what it was. Okay. Well, now that we got that cleared up, I'll go into my date, Mary Make Disappear. So I'm going to go ahead and date. I'm going to date the best friend because he likes beer. I like beer. Mm. Uh, you know, he's always a fan of the brewskis. So, you know, knock a few back together. Um, and then I'm going to go ahead and marry Christoph, believe it or not. Why? He's an artist. What is wrong with <laughs> He's you? He's inspired. He has a vision. Um, and I respect that. And, you know, I would want to. Marry you know, a, I, an absolute psychopath. Yeah, 100%. I'd like to be alongside that and just, you know. Actually, I would be call. A, be a, a part of his story. I would call him a sociopath because he's not very, he doesn't have any empathy. Yeah. I mean, but he does though. Like. Maybe he, he's a sociopath when it comes to Truman, but he also, you know, he's a great storyteller. I mean, you see these these moments that he he um, drums up from from production and music and, and feeding the lines to the actors that really, they captivate the human spirit. So I think there's something there. I think, I don't feel like a sociopath could like connect on an artistic level with with people in that way. I don't know. I, I could be wrong. I could be wrong. But um, I'm going to go ahead and marry Kristoff. And, um, you know, that hat is, you know, it's weird, but it's kind of cool. And then I'm going to go ahead and get rid of Meryl because for some reason she bugs me and I don't like her. So adios, senorita. We're, we're going to have different answers, but th- but that's okay. I just, I wanna, I just want to, like, um, dive into that a little bit more. I want to unpack it. Okay, unpack I want to know, I want to know why, Kristoff, I just can't wrap my head around the fact that you want to marry someone who, yes, I get it. You think that he is empathetic because he brings Truman's dad back, but that's for his own selfish motives, to get more viewers, to benefit himself, for him to make more money. How can you see that as someone you're like, he's someone I would marry? Well, at the end of the day, the guy works all day, and he's bringing in them Benjamins. And you know me. I'm all about the Benjamins, baby. And so, you know, he's off doing work. I'm chilling at home. You know, maybe I got a nice car. I, I got freedom to do whatever I want, and I don't really have to interact with him much. So of, of the three married lives, and you know what? That, that, that leaves a little... To be desired in a marriage, I get that. I mean, you know, you want companionship and he's he's not there. So so I would be I would have I, I feel like I would have financial freedom. I might not I probably wouldn't be happy, but at the end of the day, Kristoff. I mean, Kristoff of the three choices. That's the one I'm going with. That's my story and I'm sticking to it. All right. So next time I want to date someone who has money, you're not gonna make fun of me. No, I probably still will. Okay. All right. So what did we learn here? <laughs> I learned that you never know who's watching you. Oh, yeah. It's kind of a moment for me during this movie where 
in our in our everyday life, we go one place, we go the next place. When Siri pops up, when your phone tells you that it's going to take you 12 minutes to get to work, you know that something is watching you. Someone, <laughs> something, somewhere. And it's absolutely crazy. That's what I learned. You're being tracked. Yeah. You're being followed and your data is being sold. All the time. So somebody, what you're saying is somebody's tuning into the Tory show. Every day. <laughs> <laughs> whether it's Siri, whether Siri is the government, whether it's a conspiracy that I'm I'm going to follow, it's something. Well, I just want you to know that I would tune into your channel every day. So you are watching me every day. Well, yeah, because I live with you. There's one. <laughs> <laughs> so I learned something. That's right. Be aware of your surroundings. Am I right or am I right? You're right. And <laughs> I feel like mine ties in with you as well. I mean, I, I just I just put down that we're all living our own little Truman show. Um, the only difference is we are we are the producers. So we put, you know, we put out what people want to see. Um, which gives us, you know, an advantage so we can, you know, portray ourselves however we want everybody to think, you know, our lives look and our vibe and our attitude is, um, which 99% of the time, that's not true, right? We're all, we're all hiding something. That was kind of what I learned is, uh, mm -hmm. yeah. And in, in a day and age where we have social media, we're all just kind of broadcasting our, um, our shit out there. So... Mm -hmm. <laughs> Um, but as far as a one word review, what do you got for us? Brilliant. Brilliant. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Just, um, the whole movie I just thought was for the time that it was created. 98. 98. Way before social media, before any of this happened, it was just a movie that kind of showed what the future would look like a little bit, um, yeah. as people, you know, creating a show for themselves. And, um, so I thought it was absolutely brilliant. It was creative. It was entertaining. Just brilliant. Yeah. It's a great movie. I'm glad you liked it. Would you say it's the favorite of the ones that I've showed yeah. you? This is probably my number one out of all of your movies so far. Okay, cool, cool, cool. So cool, Matt, cool, tell cool. us your one word review of this movie. Um, I, 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 my one word review was enlightening because I was just thinking about it and, um, yeah, I feel like I've covered it enough, but it was enlightening. It made me think about social media a lot. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I do have some fun facts for us that I want to just go ahead and dive into. So in an early scene, a bottle of vitamin D is on Truman and Merrill's kitchen table Vitamin D is literally needed for people who don't have exposure to the real sun. Crazy. So I didn't. I caught the vitamin D bottle, but I did not make that connection until I read this fun fact, which I thought was interesting. And then I'm going to go off script for a second. I don't have this one written down, but I do remember reading in the fun facts that um, in 2008, a psychologist had met five different people that were suffering from what is now called the Truman Effect where people think that their whole life is, is a real-life television show. No. Yeah. So uh, five or eight, I can't remember, but um, a, a handful of people that were experiencing that. And one guy um, even thought that his girlfriend was at the top of um, the Statue of Liberty. So he, Statue of Liberty, I think I just said Liberty. So he tried to climb up it, to meet her because he thought that was going to unlock the whole show for him. 
And so, yeah, he was suffering from some issues. That's crazy. Right? And honestly, I don't know how you see this movie and can't a little bit entertain the thought of like, am I in a show my whole life? Oh, my gosh. I definitely thought about it when I first saw this. <laughs> Can we sail to the end and, and, and break the edge? Yeah, let's go... Uh, Let's go sail across the, the lake tomorrow and see what happens. Maybe we'll hit the sky, baby. So when Siskel and Ebert uh, reviewed this film, uh, they not only gave the film two thumbs up, but they gave an on-air apology to Jim Carrey for saying that he would never have a career when they panned Ace Ventura, Pet Detective in 1994. So I thought that was... <laughs> oh, that's awesome. That was humbling of them to do, or humbling for Jim Carrey. So beautiful story there. And then Truman's spy ring actually comes from his father. So he had a ring on that was a little camera, apparently. Um, he caught it just before his father drowned and has worn it since that trauma. He gives it back to him when they meet again. This is why they struggle to find Truman when he escapes at the end of the movie. So when the cameras are all panning trying to find them, they he usually had that ring on. It kind of located him, and you could see where he was. So that's why he was kind of able to escape, which I thought was interesting. And and it's not something in all the times that I've watched this that that I was able to catch. Did he leave it at his house? No, he gave it to he gave it back to his dad after he met him. Oh, yeah, because it was his dad's ring. Did not catch that. Yeah, me neither. Um, interesting, nonetheless. So, um, what would you give this movie uh, for tomatoes? I would give it an eight. Eight out of ten tornadoes. Beautiful. Eight out of ten. Just a good, good, solid movie. Yeah. I'm going to give it an eight as well. Wow. Um, yeah. I, I love this movie. It was great to rewatch. And, um, you know, we'll watch it again. Mm-hmm. So that has been no texting during the movie. Uh, we are on Twitter if you want to check us out at Tori Stop Texting. At. <laughs> At Tori Stop Texting. And, um, you know, you can you can find us on Spotify. You can find us on Apple Podcasts or any of the other places that you listen to podcasts. And it's most important to remember that whether you're a tornado or a potato, it's, it's all, all ketchup, ketchup at, at the, the end, end of the, the day, day, baby. baby.